I mean, it's interesting. Like the the crash of 1929 happened after the Fed yeah. was created, and they and were that implicated was... in making it worse because they like refused to loan intervene to, like, smaller banks or something. That's what people say. Yeah, I think like interesting. You know, it's funny because like that's what you hear, but I feel like that was propagated by like people who like want more of a Fed or something. I think Milton Friedman might have said that. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, Friedman conclusion, the Fed not ha- had not been created, the downturn of 29 would not have become... Yeah, that's what Milton Friedman said. The Great Depression could have been avoided if the Fed had not so badly botched its monetary policy. That's Milton Friedman's theory. Quite quite a statement, so... But he's pretty mainstream. People, like, you know, listen to him. I mean, I, yeah, he's kind of on the libertarian side, but definitely on the capitalist side. Yeah. Uh, but, but he was very influential until a little more recently when people yeah. have moved away from... I feel like even like, Obama was, like, into him like right he would like read his books i forget i forget he i mean he was pretty associated with like republican yeah kind of you know from like reagan onwards but but i mean it is a kind of like a weird opaque uh not super accountable system and yeah the idea that it is kind of controlled by this like board of governors and and these like banks that are constituent members and like not just publicly owned is I think it is legitimately a fact that would probably like surprise a lot of Americans that it's not an actual government agency that mm-hmm. it, and it's like, yeah. why, like, why would it be private? This doesn't make any sense, but good well, luck getting them to you it's know, like change kind that of a government. It's like fr- private within the government. Like, yeah. you know, like, like Congress almost like deputized it like a fucking sheriff or something yeah. to basically handle monetary policy. So it has the power of law via Congress to do things that like and issue things that like directives that you have to follow or you'll go to jail. But yeah. it like it itself, it's like if you like authorize like a private military contractor to be like law enforcement or something, you know, where it's not exactly like run by them, but it's been like deputized and empowered, you know. But this is over something very important, you know, like our monetary policy. And and it just that given the people involved, I don't think they're there to like spread the wealth around and like make sure everyone is prosperous. I think they had very different things in mind, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, they've kept the system like humming along like after 2008, uh, where they almost shut the bed again. But, you know, pumping this free money, kind of devaluing the currency, like it just becomes another tool in kind of the like capitalist elite playbook to kind of uh, keep things within a certain frame without them getting like too much out of hand and then um, preventing any more radical like change in the economic system, I guess. I mean, I'm not against exactly the notion of central banks in theory. I just think what we have is like bizarre and frankly a little sus, but then, you know, you go read yeah, more about it and it's like- central bank would be like better. You know, uh, but I'm not like. Uh, I think, like in the Communist Manifesto, is. Marx kind of called for the establishment of a central bank. Which, of course, all these libertarians are like, "See, Karl Marx, he called for a central bank." Exactly, like, uh, it was all his know, idea. It's um, all his fucking idea. Even though, like, all these capitalist economies have fucking central banks too. Like, it's not. You know, it does make sense because otherwise, what are you going to have? A, you're either going to have like no banks, which doesn't really work, or you're going to have private banks. So, like, it it does make sense that. You know, this just makes more, this is more uh, kind of uh, fair and controllable or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, people are saying that this is why Titanic, you know, <laughs> crashed. Um, and, uh, yeah, like the people, so you found 
one of the people, Isidore Strauss, uh, who mm-hmm. ran, yes, he ran Macy's department store. You found an article from 1911 in the New York Times. Isidore Strauss urges new banking plan, replies to J.J. Hill's attack on the National Reserve Association scheme. You know, so yeah, he's he uh, urging it. He was insane. recently elected treasurer of the New York branch of the National Citizens League for the promotion of a sound banking system. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a lobbying yeah. group for the Fed. I wonder why they like just because he was like a wealthy person who died in the Titanic. Like, well, this is a couple of the videos, the Q adjacent videos that we saw. Uh, kind of, and this gets back to kind of our meta discussion about conspiracy theories and people just being like getting increasingly sloppier as we get into the 2020s of like th- that anthropologist guy doesn't really give much of an explanation <laughs> but he he's very strongly insists that these billionaires or these millionaires who died on the Titanic were opposed to the creation of the Fed and that's why JP Morgan had to kill them now if they actually were While pacing frantically around Santa Monica, <laughs> here. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before he starts talking about giants, so that's where yeah. he starts, and mm-hmm. you know, like and praising Hitler, um, and praising Hitler. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like if these three guys, if all of them were vocal opponents of like the Federal Reserve, then maybe I'd be like, hmm, okay, interesting. Right, it's if like they when were Paul like Wellstone's the biggest plane opposition crashes. to the Federal Reserve, and they all happened to be on the Titanic, and like, you know, they were like, there was some kind of impasse where it's like these people are preventing it from being achieved somehow. Yes. Then, yeah, that would be sus, at least circumstantially, well, for sure. I think the comparison um, to the Paul Wellstone crash is actually quite like instructive because in that case, like that changed the course of you know American political history. You know, mm-hmm. when he died, yeah. like it's very obvious, even people that believe that it was a total freak accident or whatever have to acknowledge that it's an accident that had big consequences for yeah. you know the the control of the senate and et cetera, et cetera. and so with this it's like yeah if like you know all these guys had stood up publicly and were fighting and like what what i'm seeing reading into a little bit of this history about the fed is that it was like there were there were factions that were against it but it seems like much more like politicians were the ones that were against it as opposed to business super wealthy business leaders seems like most of the business leaders were like pretty much down what the the truthful anthropologist says i think by way of explanation and this is the furthest he gets into it is that well jp morgan and like the rothschilds and stuff they were all like evil bankers like they made their money in finance but yeah. these guys made their money in like real stuff like john jacob astor i think the the guy who was yelling on that like podcast was going off like oh mr astor was you know <laughs> he made his money off of real estate and the fur yeah. trade and inheritance the you know he wasn't trade, one of these finance yeah. guys like what the fuck he was are you talking about mortar. he was a working class billionaire yeah he's um, a working class billionaire the other yeah, yeah it's like uh, Guggenheim made his money off mining, so uh, he's not an evil, you know, finance capitalist. And yes, uh, like not you know, all. and the other guy had a department store, so like he's a real capitalist, like a good capitalist. This is what they believe. And then the you know the finance side of it, just the finance, the banking side of it, is you know evil. That's crony capitalism, or as they often say, it's basically communism. You know, this is like yeah. what Karl Marx, like this is his dream. You know, uh, and they set it up like that, that all these guys are like brick and mortar, working class 
capitalists. <laughs> and it's like I I'm just I'm seeing zero evidence that basically and other people have looked and you know it's basically I think with Aster and with Guggenheim, I don't think they had spoken publicly how they felt either way about the Fed. And, you know, maybe it's true that because they weren't directly working in finance that, you know, that like they wouldn't be called upon to have like a vocal opinion about it. Like nobody really, I think, knows what their opinion was. But given their class position, you would almost expect them to be like by default a little bit more for it. And considering these are all their friends, right, that are, you know, as far as we know, they seem to be all pretty chummy and social with one another. And then you have uh, Isidore Strauss, the head of Macy's, who did go out there publicly and, like, worked for a lobbying group in New York and engaged in debates about how we need a Federal Reserve. And then he dies on the Titanic. So I don't think that these guys dying actually ha even had, like, an effect on the outcome of there being a Federal Reserve, right? Uh, I don't see any reason to think that they were. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not seeing the evidence. Well, there, I the, see, yeah, the only evidence I see is the evidence that uh, Strauss supported it. That's the only one that I was able to find. Uh, yeah, I so if anything, if anything, um, they were more into it. And another fact check, just to throw in there as a wrinkle, to sort of attack the idea that J.P. Morgan set these guys up, uh, apparently... J.P. Morgan canceled his trip on the Titanic like a couple of weeks before it set sail. He didn't cancel it a day before, as everybody claims. Yeah. And, Although uh, and I actually, feel like I don't know why a day before. Like It's almost like, oh, I forgot I planned to sink the ship to kill the people <laughs> who were opposed to the Federal Reserve. Better cancel. Like Why would he even make plans to travel on it? Well, I think he, because he was going to take back all these antiquities and art yeah, with him. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I heard too. It was we changing, had brought up France that there was, was changing its laws to prevent Americans yeah. from exporting art treasure from that country. So Morgan went to Paris to oversee getting his purchases out of the country before the new laws went into effect. Which, you know, that, that does sound like something J.P. Morgan would do. Yeah. Um, that, that doesn't seem too unlikely. I mean, it, it, it makes it less suspicious that he would have, like, taken his. I don't even know if he put his stuff on the boat like all of his, his yeah. valuable antiquities, and then took it off. He might have just never brought it there because um, this French law thing came up, and then... Yeah, I think he did. I, I think he did pull a bunch of stuff off the Titanic. But for the fact that J.P. Morgan decided to grant the urgent and off-repeated request to the directors of the London Fine Arts Society and permit his... Oof. Uh, I'm scrolling over in this old newspaper again, trying to find it. Pitts' bronze is to be placed upon view during the spring ex exhibition. His entire collection will be at the bottom of the sea today. If the request of the Fine Arts Society had been refused, the bronzes, according to Miss Morgan's original plan, would have been ready for transportation to this country on the doomed vessel, it was said today. There were 1,400 tons of small bits of cargo on board. So, yeah, apparently he did have bronzes on there, but then there, I guess there was an urgent request from the directors of the London Fine Arts Society to permit his bronzes to be placed upon view during the spring ex exhibition. So, I don't know, maybe this was a London Fine Arts Society conspiracy and they like just wanted to get that art off of the ship. I don't know, but um <laughs> but if apparently he did take it off, it. but that seems to be independent from him canceling his voyage, which yeah. either was because of that or some people say because of his mistress. Those are the two theories. He was hanging on. out with his know. mistress, which also totally tracks. Um Yeah, I mean, I you know, I wouldn't rule out necessarily that aside from being a plan like, you know, a plan like to crash it, I wouldn't 
be like if there was some like flaw in the Titanic that caused it to be susceptible to that which I mean it also seems like it was partially human error and like aspects of that like were involved and but if like you know maybe there was something that caused him to doubt like the Titanic or like he got a bad vibe like he was talking to somebody at White Star or something like that then and like and then he was like i'm just not gonna take this like i'm gonna stay here in france with my mistress like that could be i don't know like um he got i could some see him getting sussed out by the ship maybe yeah i mean maybe he felt it's awesome like terrible spiritual power and you know sent something yeah you know i mean there are things like that with 9-11 too like uh what's his name seth mcfarlane seth mcfarlane yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, so. there is. I mean, there's was weird 9/11, shit. Like, was he involved? Um, I mean, yeah. I, there's like, just like that that earlier article said, you know, there were those two brothers, I think they were going to work on the Titanic that were like getting drunk and like missed it, you know, and the grapes saved them. And, you know, so, you know, there could be just something in the air, some vibes going yeah. down that just like compelled people. You know who else missed it? Uh, Milton S. Hershey. Right. So he was a really? brick and mortar capitalist. He made his money from caramel and Chocolate molasses. King. He wasn't one of these finance guys. <laughs> all right. Uh, so why? Why? Uh, so that why was he not, you know, made to maybe he just avoided it on his own. Maybe he caught on. Who knows? Um, Who knows? Um, I'm, I'm looking at this. Uh, is it Vanderbilt also was going to take it, but then he canceled it. Only oh, really? to die later on the Lusitania. That's crazy. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. One of the Vanderbilts was a member of Jekyll Island. But I mean, like most of the famous, like bourgeois. Oh, yeah, the were. club there. There was a lot the of The club members. there. It yeah, was yeah. kind of like almost like a southern, like Bohemian Grove kind of vibe, a little bit, it sounded like. Or if you believe these libertarian guys, like literally a giant sacrifice site that they built their yeah. lodge over and then <laughs> right. consecrated like a deal with Satan to create the Fed. Um, yes. Which, I mean, in a broad sense, I'm not saying they didn't do that in a way. Like, you know, they didn't make some kind of sinister alchemical pact to, like, control our money and They already and made a deal all. with Satan when they became, like, millionaire industrialists and capitalists and bankers. Uh, true, that had already true. been, yeah. Um, it, just doesn't, it doesn't feel like, the, oh, they needed to, like, also sacrifice a child to, like, consecrate. Like, in order for the Fed to be evil and a bad idea... Like, they didn't need to sacrifice children uh, when they signed it, you know. Well, so. Yeah, I don't think uh, the child sacrifice story has uh, any <laughs> any. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know where it came it, from. So he just starts know. talking about it. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, like, why not, right? <laughs> like, I, yeah. I mean, if you're already, like, if you're already, like, doing, like, Hitler apologism and you're already, like, talking about giants and stuff, why not, like, have the Fed sacrifice a baby, too? I don't know. Um, of course. I don't know. It's like, just, yeah. it's, it, it is a little, I have a strong stomach for this stuff, but sometimes it gets a little, when I see people on like, you know, like YouTube shows, with like huge followings that are like not that politically up on, you know, they're just kind of rolling with the punches and they get some of these guys I try not on. to think about like some of the people who like have, I mean, even outside of like that, like there's people who like are. I'm sorry to say it, but like functionally illiterate, like, you know, and that, but who are millionaires, you know, have no reason to be functionally illiterate, who just get like paid so much, who've made their millions just scrolling Twitter and like remarking on it or like playing video games. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's an environment that's right for that type. Of, and then like, obviously like there become, there like a social stigma, like attaches itself to like talking about these topics or even things that are just like adjacent or superficially similar 
for yeah. instance, like, oh, you know, it's interesting, like, how much, like, the occult has, like, been influential and, in, like, the ideologies of, like, the, you know, this group of elite people, like, in the United States, like, in this particular way, you know, something like that, you know, like, a very nuanced thing, like, it's interesting how, like, this, like, uh, these, this group yeah. of people were, so, or, like, how popular spiritualism and, was, like, among some of the rich people who traveled in the Titanic or something like that, then it's like, oh, are you saying they sacrificed a baby on Jekyll Island? <laughs> like, then it's like, all right. Well, yeah. Uh, no, it, know, yeah. it triggers the immune system of the Ermelords and, like, the normies, sort of, like, people that are sort of more within, like, the establishment, you know, part of the Venn diagram yes. to, you know, associate and you with... And, 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 that, and, that, and it's that not is, even to say that, like, you know, again, like, people are like, oh, it's, it's not materialistic or something. I mean, I'm just going into, like, a whole different polemic, but it's like, you know, for, like, to talk about something like that... It's about how, like, the material character of the people who participate in these practices and who hold these beliefs shapes those beliefs, and then those beliefs, like, are shaped in turn, right? And then how those beliefs then, when they proliferate, like, have that character impressed upon them, how these two things interact, right? And also, like, how practices are encoded in that, and how those things, like, affect and constitute, like, uh, realities and, like, forms of relation between people. So, like, but... You know, when we talk about like the uh, like the ideology or like even some of the esoteric views of like powerful people or, you know, certain subcultures or things like that. Or, you know, uh, I think that that is interesting or valuable to talk about in a way that is like very, very different from making up like spooky stories about like, you know, what the Jews did on the island to create the Fed, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, exactly. And, I don't think that those two things should be associated. And yes, I see how it is like uh, upsetting that like they would be at all. You know, I think that talking about like the these aspects of the Titanic, like the even like, you know, this comp, this problem of like the planning versus the randomness or mm -hmm. the religious dimension of how it was discourse after the fact or how it was understood, you know, before the fact or uh, you know, the people, the ideas of the people that were on it, like, you know, that and the way I think it's fascinating how like D uh, William T. Stead, you know, wrote about this possibility, you know, who someone who had, you know, spiritualist views and who had sort of uh, thought that he would like had said previously, like, I'm going to either die by drowning or by being, you know, like killed by a mob <laughs> and, wow. you know, how or how Mon, like how different people with occult interest, Hopman certainly had them had written sort of stories about this you know a, a tragedy like this i think that's you know very interesting from a cultural perspective you know and from like a perspective of like you know the stories or like the the myths and in fact the practices that are informed by those things so this beliefs and practices always i feel like go together and you know modes of life and uh, things like that are you know uh uh things you know uh, sort of uh i'm trying to think of the the right word but like um yeah, you know, just the the social fabric and the constitution of, uh, you know, society. Um, those things always go hand in hand with, like, it's not like, you know, beliefs are just, like, idealistic. In fact, they have a certain materiality to them, like, through practice and through enactment, um, you know. But, I mean, mm -hmm. this is maybe a bit of a digression, but, you know, I find those things to be interesting to consider. But I don't think that that is the same as, like, saying, like, I don't know. Yeah, like saying that J.P. Morgan did it 
like he like the iceberg was actually a giant that was standing on the sea floor and like it bumped into his hunchback and that's why it sank and jp morgan had it move to like you know position itself to kill the people who like quote unquote supported the fed when they didn't like i don't know i just yeah that's just I, the annoying thing to me is when there's something that just like like you and could then easily like, look uh, it up they, in uh, two they literally and like i i bet like after this episode airs like on reddit like people are gonna say like subliminal jihad literally said the Titanic was switch to the olympic <laughs> like, you know like that's probably gonna like that's like oh, it yes, literally what will. happens um but, will. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So they summoned demons on an island and it was giants well you know but, talking like, about something is endorsing it um, yes exactly so. talking about is endorsing describing is endorsing it etc yeah mm-hmm. um or condemning it if it's Satanism, which is beyond the pale, how mm-hmm. dare you, um, etc. For access to the full-length episode, subscribe to the Hour of Frequency at patreon.com slash subliminal jihad. Tell me quick, sit on my feet. What's this all have to do with me? I spent all my time at sea alone. Is there something else I should know? Something hidden down below? The level of your conversation. Well, it turned away before the answer. Though I yelled aloud, he refused to hear. Thank you.